fun fact about Claire. When Claire was looking on the daycare website where they posted photos of the adorable children playing in the sandpit or learning, Claire noticed a photo of the children eating glue. <laughs> and so Claire wrote a very, very eloquent comment that said, what adorable idiots. <laughs> Another mum, <laughs> another mum who did not know Claire took umbrage because that is an insane thing to say on a page where you don't know anyone and labelled her a troll and lodged a formal complaint about Claire. And did Claire deal with this by explaining herself? No, she just changed her name on the app <laughs> to Trolly McTroll Troll. <laughs> a very quick way to know somebody was not my people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who are your people, Claire? We're still looking. Who knows? Adorable idiots. <laughs> Eating glue. Welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. <laughs> I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. We are longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hello. Good and nice. Hello. This week, Claire, this week, Claire, it is going to be a good one. Oh, good. <laughs> Potentially. Because <laughs> this week we're talking about household labour in the pandemic and how things are looking a year into rolling lockdown. We're also talking about when the curtains don't match the drapes. Come with me Ooh. on this front. It's <laughs> a terrible analogy <laughs> for when we, what we say doesn't match how we behave. So everybody, oh, if you men- love... Li- <laughs> Yes, it's very beautiful, very delicate Like metaphor. eating glue. <laughs> Clean eating, eating glue. I am a woman of my word. So if you love metaphors and you love listening to Good Sheilas, remember to subscribe, leave a review or share us with your mates. Yeah, we love making this podcast and we love our community of dickheads, which is you. <laughs> you, all of you. Oh, mate, how's your week been? Oh, it has been... Good. It's very, very warm up here. Um, and I have noticed that my small talk is suffering significantly because of this. So not only am I quite like enormously pregnant and tired and I don't know anyone, it means that I'm constantly in these moments of having to talk to people I don't know. Um, I can't rely. Yeah, I'd rather eat glue, but I can't. <laughs> I can't um, rely rely on the weather to talk about. You know, in Melbourne, you're like, "What? It hailed this morning, crazy, and now it's 49 degrees, and then tonight it's going to snow." What? I've finished talking. Bye. And then you just kind of the small talk's over because you've just gone through all of the weather, which is vaguely interesting. And it, up here, it's like <laughs> I'm hot. And they're like, I know that. You look horrific. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds yeah. actually torturous. You should just yeah. insult their kids. Then no one will speak to you ever again. <laughs> it's easy, I easy. should. 
And you, <laughs> you are just going from strength to strength, Bronwyn. For our, for our, um, our Brisbane listeners, Bronnie's making a real mark on the Brisbane community scene. I, th- I saw, I saw it. Um, community a comedy, scene. A commu- community comedy. scene. Community Ew. scene. It sounds horrific. This is disgusting. Stop She's just making communities, communities everywhere. <laughs> Community here, community there. I thought you were labelled as a hot mama of Brisbane comedy. I was, which is... Hot mama. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm a little bit like torn by this because um, I was like, oh, wow, that was nice. But then there's a lady on the same lineup. So that's just a one bill. And um, there's a lady on the same lineup who has been, who's also a mum. So I was like, oh, God, what did they name her? Oh, and she's, God. Uh, she's, she's called the Spicy Mama. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because she's not from Australia or I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know. Please but I... unpack what the blokes are called and what their descriptions oh, are. I can't even remember. I don't even care. Who cares about the blokes? You just skim over them. There's too many. If you got stuck on those, you'd be like, wow, I could sit here all day. It's like the cheeky boy of, or something like that. Or like, I can't even remember. But I just was interested in what the mums were called. But so yes, when you're a comedian, it's like being the Spice Girls. You get like a, you get a descriptor. For this gig, yeah. And I was thrilled with mine because it could have been like so the many woman things. with the worst small talk you've ever heard of. <laughs> the weather lady. <laughs> yeah. The sweaty whale. You know, oh, like there's a many. So I was okay. I was okay with that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, comedy up here is great. Like it's really nice. Everyone's, like I've mentioned this before, people in Brisbane are nicer than they are in Melbourne. It is, and they are just generally just like happy to happy to be alive, even though we live on the sun. Maybe no one has energy for frowning, um, but everyone maybe, seems yeah, it's, yeah everyone, it's just easier. Melbourne has just gone through rolling trauma, and we're not okay. <laughs> no, I know because Claire. Look, what I have noticed, I'm not like I am not in Melbourne anymore, but I noticed that what, I was there all up until December last year. And what I noticed then is it's pretty, it was tense all year uh, because, you know, the lockdown did weird things to people and people were terrible at um, socialising. You've always been terrible at it, but the pandemic was bad for everyone else. Well, I but think your kids are idiots. <laughs> but they're adorable. So I fixed it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, but what I have, I'm not there now and I'm interested to hear what you think about what is going on there now, but they have, but the, um, I've noticed the online presence of our Victorians has been, it's quite nasty. Nasty. That's really interesting. I'm not on facebook so i'm not seeing like the kind of the posts but i think everyone's a bit angry and upset for sure because first of all it feels like everybody else in the country you know obviously for anybody you know who listens internationally we we know that for example people in the uk and the us and other places are having you know a far more horrific time in terms of mortality and stuff but Mm. compared to australia the rest of australia 
all the other states got off so easy. They're like, oh, we had three days. It's cute. And we're like 17 weeks of just horrific stage four and we couldn't leave our houses. Mm. And and I think I think the last lockdown, the, it was only five days, so quite brief, back to stage four for five days. It really rattled everybody, like in, in really confronting ways. Everybody was just kind of angry and upset and as a real kind of overturn that hasn't shifted like we're still wearing masks everywhere and so on so I reckon there's just some collective trauma that that nobody has been able to work through because we don't have any idea of how to work through it so I'm not surprised that we've never done it before people are upset because we are (laughs) yeah and I would be so annoyed as well I remember being really annoyed when I was living there for any for any reason I was annoyed but I but I I remember being fed up by the end of last year and mm. because because you guys are still wearing masks and the masks add that layer of like um well material but also like a layer of like um uh a, a reminder like we mm. ha- we have not gotten out of this and whilst that in at some in some degrees like is a good thing in some ways it's actually it's a for it's this omnipresent thing of we're still terrified that this is going to happen again and we can't afford it to happen again because it was so bad for everyone (laughs) so they like we can't do that again let's keep reminding people this is this this virus is still here blah 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 but it is i think that the like the mental toll that it's taken is uh it's quite enormous like the Mm. uh like on these facebook groups i'm on a few facebook groups and the like the people from victoria the comments or the, the how their contributions are very angry uh, and yeah, yeah. like out for blood kind of thing, um, you know, calling people's kids adorable idiots, things like this. No, it's like just <laughs> really, it just really, really cranky. And um, I don't think that they're usually trolls because they're people who they've got their, their face next to their name. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know that person. Oh, she seems really cross right now. So I, I feel like it's kind of like, I don't know. It does. It doesn't feel. It doesn't seem very nice down it, there. It just doesn't feel very nice down here. Mm, just, sorry, but I, I don't know. I, I guess it's something we just all have to process and work through. Maybe Victoria will come out of this as the angry state. We'll have to change Ooh. our license plates from whatever the shit it's it is education. right now. Edu- education. Yes. Well, this is perfect. <laughs> this has got a much nicer ring to it. Yeah. Angry. <laughs> angry. 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 But um. But yeah. Like shout out to my angry fellow Victoria. Victorians, you fucking mm. adorable idiots. <laughs> yeah, adorable. But I reckon it's like it would be. You'd feel like there's misplaced anger. Like uh, uh, Lucas was cranky this morning. It has nothing to do with COVID, but he was cranky this morning about Christ knows what. Um, and I would tell him a small story, and he would be so. His reaction to like the villain in my story was so <laughs> enormous, and I was like, wow, he's really on my side, and uh, this is so supportive. But then he was like, I'm so. This story has made me so angry, and then he would just walk <laughs> around the house, and he was like shaking his head and moving things really fast, and I was like, oh. Oh, this is not about my story. This is he's tired or something. So it's you feel like you're reacting to things quite in a normal way, but actually I feel like people just have this like there must be misplaced anger everywhere. So if you are feeling like you've got a lot of crankiness towards certain things, yell at my kids, just yell at them. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, they eat glue. They're idiots. <laughs> Very adorable though. You should, yeah, I think that you should feel okay about feeling angry, but knowing that everyone else feels angry as well. And maybe avoid um, commenting on any any posts on line especially daycare ones because it will never work in your favor well maybe it will i have a pseudonym now nobody knows who i am trolling all the daycare kids (laughs) hey linda your kids are fuckwit (laughs) 18 months old more like 18 months dumb (laughs) yeah Oh, so we got a bit, speaking of cranky, we got a bit cranky this week, Brom. One at a Guardian article, usually a bastion of left-leaning journalism, they posted uh, an article titled, I had no idea about the hidden labour. Has the pandemic changed fatherhood forever? By Tom Wow, this Lamont. guy sounds, Tom Lamont sounds so smart. So, so, so. So we know that the pandemic has exacerbated gender inequality in the household. On the data, women are doing more of the housework and most of the childcare and they're working flexibly or inflexibly at a massive personal and professional cost. So that's pretty much across the line. But Brum, what's the good news? Okay, so the good news about the pandemic is that men are actually spending more time with their kids than they ever have before. Mm. So how good's that, Claire? That's so good. What's the bad news? The bad news is (laughs) the burden of these lockdowns has fallen disproportionately on on women. So that is not a great thing. Um, All right. So there'll be a huge variability. This is a quote from Michael Lamb, a psychology professor at Cambridge. There'll be a huge variability in the experiences of fathers too. Some who have an option to work from home, some whom don't. Some whom have lost their jobs altogether. That said, we are now seeing a large number of men that have stepped up and have been more involved and have recognised that actually it's pretty hard to manage a house. Is it? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. And to be a good parent and to keep up with work demands all at the same time. So he sees this as an opportunity. And what's this opportunity, Claire? He reckons that from here on in, many fathers, and again we quote, this year will have been a chance to establish relationships that are deeper and broader than might otherwise not have been the case. There will be fathers out there who are recognising some of the joys and benefits of fatherhood in a way they've not been able to do in the past. And I mean, I guess you and I would both agree that's really lovely and really important that dads are able to connect in and realise that their kids are interesting people who exist and they are partly responsible for having brought into the world good for them but (laughs) this this article for god's sake like i don't know if they deliberately went out and just chose the worst people they could find they did did like (laughs) this can you can you just read this paragraph bron it's just so so what does what does malarkey say okay so these are dads that were interviewed Malaki stares into the middle distance for a while, wistfully listing the things he used to do with something called spare time. Bit of woodwork, gym visits, two hours of reading every day on the commute. (sighs) Having an individual life has been completely obliterated, he says, describing a recent attempt to have a shower during which his wife, Claire, is it you? Their (laughs) their five-year-old son and their three-year-old daughter all ended up in the flat's cramped bathroom just watching him. There's been nowhere to go, he says, without your family following you around. They're frustrating. They're annoying. 
they don't leave you alone. But there have been some really special moments. Oh my God, <laughs> I, I, I love how he he went hammer and tong. <laughs> and like he probably didn't take a moment of breath. Like just, he probably didn't blink that whole time. And then at the end was like, well, Claire's going to be really angry at this. I will oh, say this. Preach to Special. Claire, mate. Like, can you just imagine, like, this guy, like, she's raising their children and he's, like, woodworking at the gym and, like, reading for two hours every day. And then finally he's home and Claire's like, fuck you, we're going to stand here while you have a shower, you piece <laughs> of shit. Like, but also, like, as if she was doing that, like, as if she was just standing there. What a weird, weird, like, if she was, she was having, she was mid-stroke. Exactly. No one watches their partner have a shower. Down. <laughs> really rattled me because this guy like you think about what his life was like before he, he lived like a single bloke right yeah. like that is the those are the hobbies and the free time of a single bloke so it just shows that before he did nothing and he then did, he's frustrated because he has to do something yeah his life didn't really change when he had kids but no. it looked like claire's did yeah <laughs> claire's having a great time crying in the bathroom she's <laughs> standing probably... there absolutely frozen yeah. <laughs> I'm watching some again. fat loser have a shower <laughs> oh god and this 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 and andy andy tell us about andy round oh fucking andy andy round <laughs> sorry my angry melbourne is really coming through i love he it told the journalist candidly that when he first became a father he was working around the clock and as a result resisted even resented the new domestic incursions mm. he said i was bloody awful i found the early years with young children very very difficult some days i just preferred to be at work than have to deal with them the mother of his children, Karen, tells me it came as a shock how much Andy didn't want to share in the baby experience. I thought, we're in the 21st century now, all dads smuck in. He said, nope. Mm, good nope. on you, Andy Round. He don't want to. <laughs> oh, I don't want that. <laughs> no, not for me. Nope. Oh, no, I would rather go to woodwork. Oh, the God. house needs furniture. <laughs> Karen, stop nagging me about my children. I've got I'm to go to the a shower gym. for three days. Stop <laughs> Maybe that's why. Stop Maybe that's why Claire was there. She was like, "You've been in there for a fucking week, mate." Get we out. Have, <laughs> we have no drinking water. What? What really? What really bothered me about this article, Bron, was that the conversations around the cost of domestic labour and the fact that it's free, and the fact that it's done mostly by people who identify as women. Is it's just so widely reported on now. I mean, women, we, we raise it, we do it, you know, in front of and in front of these blokes, and these guys were they were all so surprised. They're like, "Oh, this is hard," and they didn't realize that it was hard until they actually had to do it. It wasn't enough that they were being told by the women in their lives. Like, how how did that make you feel? Oh, look, I mean, you know, my personal experience is is probably is different to Karen and Claire's. Um, I feel like I, I, well, like years ago when Lucas was at uni, it wasn't a great time. I remember having a really, we really had reached a horrible point of disconnect where he was at uni heaps. He was doing his MBA, so he was like... He worked full time and then after work he would have to go to uni till sometimes 11 at night and then he would come home and eat 
anything that was in the fridge and then go to bed and then get up often it's five or six and do the readings for the uni that were going to happen that night so he had this horrible existence he wasn't doing woodwork or the gym definitely wasn't doing the gym (laughs) don't I know it (laughs) anyway then but he um but I that meant that I had to pick up everything else and because our girls were so little then I had like I think Edie was one and Olive was two or three and who knows and I just remember being so resentful of him Mm. and he because I was doing everything he didn't really he started to forget that things needed to be done they were just Mm. done so I was like well of course it's done like of course there's breakfast there and of course there's the girls lunches for daycare are made and of course that's happening and of course like why would it not because it always has happened so I think we become um like well Lucas probably did at the time I can't really speak for him but he would have started to expect it to be done because why wouldn't it be Mm. but in that time I grew to really really get cross with him like all my whole body was cranky with him because he was doing this thing that seemed I couldn't see the benefit of it his uni I was like cool what do I get from that and what does our family get from that but you know but now now um now he does heaps now he does just as much as me but uh, how do you bring him around to that Brent? I mean that's a massive like I guess like change in that from him doing very little to him well, there was, doing yeah. 50-50 like what what did you do to bring him across the line or do you think he did that um well I think I think part partly it was him doing that um but there would have been a number of fights about it being like oh my god you just don't appreciate me and that's exactly how I felt I just felt like completely underappreciated felt like because you know when you do the floor you know you Mm. clean the floor you just want someone to be like you want someone to give you a round of applause yeah (laughs) or a biscuit so boring just want someone to be like, fuck, these floors are incredible. And so also remember, just acknowledge that in four minutes they will go to shit again. Yeah. And that you'll just be stuck it. on the horrible roller coaster that is housework because it just never stays clean. Like you need you no. need that. You need someone to be like, well done, Bron. Yeah. So what I do when Lucas does something, I'm always like, thanks so much for taking the bins out. And it would, and he's like, that's okay. And he always thinks it's a bit weird that I do that. But I'm like, no, no, I think it's nice to say thank you when someone does something that you don't necessarily want to do. I don't know. I, like, it's not like I say thank you for ev- absolutely every single thing, but if he's like, mow, if he had to mow the lawn, do you know we have a lawn here? Isn't it insane? That's There's so a, weird. So where's the AstroTurf? So Brisbane. <laughs> I know. And so he's, he, well, he has to mow the lawn. I'm like, thanks for doing that. And he's like, that's okay. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. So it's just nice for someone to be like, thank you for doing a shit job. Because I didn't want to do it. So I reckon we had a number of fights, since your question. We had a number of fights where he probably realised he didn't really have a leg to stand on because uni was over and he was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I because I was working at the time as well. So it was shit to come home and have to, like, make dinner and clean the floors and make the school lunches for the next day. And of course I was going to drink 15 wines in that time <laughs> <laughs> to try and get through it and then go to work the next day. It was just, it was, it was quite unbearable. So I think when he had time to actually notice it and when I screamed it enough at, at him, he was like, oh, okay, all right, I can see that. And he's also like, he's a good bloke who doesn't want to be 
he doesn't want to be Andy and he doesn't no. want to be, he doesn't want to be, what's the other guy? Malaki. What's that name? And he doesn't want to be them. <laughs> what? He doesn't, is this your pseudonym on your daycare? <laughs> Malaki says your kids are all gross. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I remember that feeling of being like, wow, I do everything. But I don't, I, I can't, I can't say I'm in that now, which I'm really glad about. What about you in your previous relationships? Um, oh, it's just, it's been pretty gendered. Like, you know, some, some, some men who have tried, um, but, but broadly, you know, that it's just been, it's just been very off kilter and I, you know, was a big factor, you know, in, in my separation, just the, the fact that, you know, there was not kind of equality in the distribution of work and that it was the source of a lot of resentment. And there's only so many times that you can have the conversation without just feeling too tired to have the conversation again. Um, yeah. and just like giving up and giving up is a bit of a red flag in a relationship. If you're giving up, it's like, Oh no, <laughs> this is not good. This is yeah. not ideal. But like, I, I guess I, you know, I'm in a place now where I, you know, if something needs to be done, I have to do it. And that's very, it's, it's, it's different because like, I can't get angry at someone for not doing it. It's all on me. And that's its own kind of form of being really exhausting, but also, you know, if something's not done, I only have myself to blame. Um, but I prefer that to living with someone who doesn't chip in because it's, it's, you know, while it's kind of emotionally and physically tiring to have to run a household and care for two children on your own, the the resentment and the disappointment you feel when somebody isn't, isn't acting like a partner. It's like a, I don't know, like a, a psychic tiredness almost, you, you know, your heart gets tired. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't miss it. I don't miss that feeling of just feeling let down by a partner. Yeah, totally. I, but, but like, if I, uh, look when during, cause this is about lockdown and how dads were like, wow, there's lots to be done at the house. Um, I wasn't working during that time. Like I had like some tutoring stuff happening, but I was supposed to be on long service leave. And because that long service, because the kids were home the whole time, I just had to do, I was able to do all the remote learning and stuff. So if I was working at the same time, I think our house would have probably burnt down. I think there's mm. no, I think the home learning would have, have would have been put last remote learning, what it was called. And I reckon we would have, the, our relationship would have been so tense mm. and, and would have been, you know, tit for tat, like, well, I made dinner last night or can you please just for once in your life, put the, the toilet seat down. Um, that's hmm. him talking to me. No, but I, like, I, I think that it's like, we just, I, we, we skipped this like huge amount of resentment because I actually had the time to do that. But, but if I didn't, I would have a very different story to tell because mm. you had to work the whole time through yours, Claire, just yeah. like most, like most mums um, had to work through the lockdown. And if their partners did as well, who was picking up the, the remote learning? Like that was oh, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. it's really interesting. You know, a year, it's, an, it's a year since this all started and, a little under a year since since we separated and um that was you know it's it's it feels like a really bloody long time ago now because so much has happened it kind of yeah. but it was also very very recently and i guess reading this article for me brought up a lot in terms of not not feeling sad about my situation because it all worked out in the end but feeling just 
outraged on behalf of other women who continue to be in this situation and continue to live in households where they do far more than what is their fair share with men who expect them to do it. And just there was another article that the New York Times um, released about profiling three women who were, you know, working and parenting and running a house in lockdown. And their despair was just devastating, just talking about just how bloody hard and relentless and thankless their lives were. And I think I think that's actually, you know, lockdown has, has made it worse and it's revealed it in a really different way. But I think mm. for a lot of women, this is just the day-to-day, like one where you're just tired and run off your feet and just go completely unappreciated by the person who's supposed to be your partner. Mm. And, yeah, it just made me really angry that – this is just the status quo. Yeah, yeah, it's infuriating. But it, like we're we like our generation, we've come like you know we, we've pushed you know pushed through some glass ceilings, and we're now like okay, cool. Um, there's even playing field here, but we also we can't forget like we've learnt what our parents have done. Mm. Uh, we learned from our parents, and I like I was brought up. Um, with uh my dad wasn't around it was my mum and my stepdad my stepdad was there for some of it but it was um I don't know like mum did all the stuff because she was a single mum but I mean like everyone else who I was you know friends with who had mums and dads the dads often worked and the mums a lot of them were stay-at-home mums so that's kind of what I knew and I would think I would have really thrown me especially as a kid to see a stay-at-home dad and a working mum so, because that was what the '90s, and that's it feels like it wasn't that long ago. It was that fucking ages ago, but it wasn't. <laughs> didn't feel like it was that long ago. But if that's the generation that we grew up knowing, if you got if you got married when you were like in your early twenties, which a lot of people from like rural towns or just small towns or just like Brisbane and Canberra did, those like I guess those imprints of the gender roles are still so still so fresh mm. that they are that that becomes who you are like, yeah they so you just, just roll over yeah and then before you know it you're like oh wow i'm my mom god <laughs> oh god oh god but you're it's, seeing it in a really interesting microcosm bron tell, tell us that about, is classic me tell us about the tuck shop <laughs> oh yes the tuck shop so i told you i've lived i'm finally living my lifelong dream i am working in the tuck shop once a week which volunteering you're volunteering, volunteering your time of course yeah of course the the place runs on volunteers if there was no volunteers it would not run and so I do it because one because I was when I, I was a kid I was desperate for mum to do it but she never Aww. did because she was a working mum um and I so I'm doing it once a week and there are n- never any men that work there ever no dads and they have like you know like like language around the around the tuck shop that are like ladies please can you wear closed toe shoes or whatever um stop wearing your big high heels Bronwyn they're very (laughs) inappropriate I can't you adorable idiot (laughs) (laughs) this heavily pregnant woman in these like kitten heels (laughs) (laughs) I'm living my dream (laughs) click 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 no, there's so like it's it's assumed there's only going to be women there, 
And it's playing out to be exactly what they've assumed. And Jacob, which is Lucas's cousin, a very, very excellent man. He's my he, god husband. Hi, Ben. He's, <laughs> he is. He's, oh, yeah, we've talked about him before. He's basically yeah, all he's, we talk he's about. He's my husband. It's really <laughs> nice to see him at the talk shop, Jacob. <laughs> but he's like, he's a very, like, very established, very important lawyer. And as is his wife, they're both just as important. Um, and they. I am uh, important. <laughs> you are so He's going to call the police. Like, there's a very angry lady. She's troll hunter. Uh, okay, so there's so Jacob, he put his name down for um, the tuck shop, his kid's school, and uh, the, his name that he uses on Facebook, um, I guess, is a bit androgynous. And so they were like, oh, okay. And they assumed that he was a woman and they started to refer to him you know, with female terms. And he was like, um, oh, wow, no, no, I'm a man. And they're like, oh, we haven't had a man work here in like 20 years or something. Like, how is that possible? Yes. It's just like, how is that? How did that happen? Like, I understand it would be like obviously more women than men, but for it to be assumed that it is only ever women that would do that job. And just that the school community has functioned because of the generosity of women who have worked all this all this time for free, for free, mm. run a really vital function of the school for nothing, and it's just expected that they carry it on their backs. And we t- we chatted we chatted about this a little bit before recording this episode, and we talked about the fact that like. It, it's such a multifaceted obligation. It's like we've got to do this for the school community and we've got to do this for our kids' relationships at school. We've got to do this to make sure that, you know, I'm in the loop so they get invited to parties. And, like, there are all these considerations that you have when you volunteer for the tuck shop because you don't want your family to be the one that's left out. So it's not just about mm. kind of contributing your free labour. It's about the emotional welfare of your children, which is a whole other layer of obligation. And the, the dad's... They don't think like that. Well, not all dads. Not hashtag not all dads, Claire. Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder when... if Lucas will work in the tuck shop. You should if ask there was him. A... Yeah, I should. If there was a tuck shop at Stevie's school, would you work in it if you could get the day off? Well, that's no. the thing. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> you work. Can't. I'm not calling sick. I'm calling fucking sick, and he's my leave to work in the tuck shop. <laughs> Like I would, this is how aggrieved I am by this. I I would absolutely volunteer because I think the community is really important. But I'd, I'd ask for quotas. Like I'm like, okay, what percentage of what 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 is the distribution of this work between the dads and the mums at school, and how are we going to get commitment from the dads to to do their share of the free labour? Yeah. I don't think they would give you those answers, Claire. I think that if I yelled loudly at the kids <laughs> enough, they'd have to. She's on the roof again. <laughs> She's going to start trolling. Shut down your phones. <laughs> My God. We don't need a school bell anymore. Claire's going to yell at them. Adorable idiots. Adorable idiots. <laughs> Terrifying Feeling mother. the Melbourne rage today, Broadway. Yeah, you are a terrifying species at the men, but yes. that's okay. I am, I am living for it because usually you are not an angry person. No, you normally like, anxious, I am sure. mild AF, but mm. yeah, feeling, feeling the rage today. Feeling the rage. And I, 
Maybe I'm ovulating. <laughs> oh, golly. You disgusting, disgusting woman. So, Claire, let's move on. Let's move on to the next bit, the bit that will genuinely change everyone's lives for the better. Everyone. <laughs> We're full of good advice and good feelings and thoughts. Many, many. Many thoughts. These are the thoughts that everyone's thinking but are too scared to say. So, Claire, we're going to ask each other who we would be if we had any choice of celebrity to be. I've worded that perfectly, and I, I will not take a single thing away from that. Do not. Which, it was it, we nailed <laughs> which it. Which celebrity <laughs> would you be if you could be any celebrity in the whole world? Australia Zoo. Hate you so much. We just have a real, oh. a simple idea, a simple thing for you to follow. I'm like Claire. Let's try and get your brain to do this. It is you just come up with a person that you see in the news that you'd like to be, and you say, "Okay, Bron, I understand completely." And then you say, "Australia Zoo." I could kill you. Why do you want to be Australia let's, Zoo? Let's talk it through. Okay. It's, it's, I thought a lot about this and I thought about like amazing people wearing fancy gowns and going to lovely restaurants on their jets. And I was like, no, that's actually does not appeal mm. to me, but Australia Zoo and every animal and person in it is what I choose. And I'll tell you why. Um, they just have such like nourishing, beautiful lives up there. Like Bob and Bindi, what a sibling duo. Do you know she's, ma- she's married and she's having a she baby. Is, yeah. um, and Bob just seems like such a pure, beautiful little dude. And I don't know what their mum's name is. It's like oh, yeah. Terry or Terry. Terry. Or... And she does that classic thing of like, you know, people born in the late 60s where she's had the same hairdo Forever. for 500 true, years. And they wear khaki every day. They don't give a shit. And they hang out with their animals. And I'm also every animal in the zoo in this scenario. <laughs> I'm like I'm like a planet. I'm the planet Australia oh, zoo. zoo. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> and, this is Okay. All right. I'll let you keep let going. Just, I'm not finished. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not. This is a vision. <laughs> this is a dream. And, like, I get to be those, the giraffes, like, as they're, like, nourished with the bowls of perfect foods for them. And then I get to be the koalas who are held and gently patted. And then at the end of the day, I'm the Irwin family. And we're all hanging out together over dinner and, and talking about how great our dad was. That's my answer. You're welcome. My God. <laughs> <laughs> this is just making me think back to in year 12 where you played that role of the person with multiple personalities. I want to be everyone. <laughs> At different times. You asked Bronwyn and I answered with my heart. Okay. Okay. Obviously, your defective brain. So thanks very much, Claire. It was very good. How about you, mate? Top that. Oh, it's so hard to follow. Such a such an interesting act of the Australia Zoo is not a person, Claire. The person that I would like to be, and I thought about this. For a while was, um, I want to be Whoopi Goldberg. Ah, oh, good answer. Yeah, thank you very much. It was way better than yours. No, just joking. Yours no, was, no, 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 yours is actually perfect. <laughs> um, I want to be Whoopi Goldberg because uh, she's a very, like, she's an incredible actor and she is, like, really well respected, but we know nothing about her. 
That's right. I know nothing, nothing about nothing. her. Nothing. I know nothing about her. And I love that she has made – she has been really successful, but she hasn't been successful with, like, drama and she hasn't been successful with, like, you know, some kind of controversy that has made her seem either like the villain or the hero or the, the victim – She's just been there and been like, this is what I do. See you guys later. And she's still relevant. Like she's still working. She But she doesn't is. have to. So she obviously still happily likes her job. She hasn't like, like I don't think she's like fallen into a spot of like financial trouble. She just is like, yeah, this is everything in her life seems to be because she chooses for it to be there. And she was on The Lion King. She's on The Lion King and that is like, that's the Australia Zoo of movies. (laughs) And it would be really great to find out what she does with her days because I have no idea how she spends her time. Does she like abseiling? Is she really into like, you know, bongo drumming? (laughs) But also is she lives in Australia too and she's been Dio's other mum. Maybe she is. Maybe she replaced Steve when he died. Maybe. Maybe. How beautiful would that be? And then we can live together. I am the I zoo. I will be constantly <laughs> surrounded by Claire. <laughs> that seems extreme. <laughs> Take a friendship to the next level. The, uh, the hilarious thing, Bron, is that at the beginning of this episode, we were like, we're going to talk about differences in our ideologies versus how we behave. Can we just gently translate that into this as being about celebrities oh, yeah. and also that we tried to do that and yeah. it ended up being cripplingly embarrassing yeah. and so we decided not to and we talked about Zoos instead. Yeah, that's okay, great. All right, so we had to – we did try and do that, like our idea – so that's the carpet matches the drapes thing. You're right, I forgot. That would make no sense. We said we are going to do the carpet matches the drapes. The idea was for us to talk about how um, our ideologies or our values sometimes don't come out in our behaviour that well um, and we tried that but Claire just shared way too many embarrassing things she was not Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> at all it was not a good party it was, it was, <laughs> no one wants to go to that it zoo it's a fucking mess of a zoo <laughs> right there and then at the end Claire said as we uh, we said thanks Sheila's Claire said can we not include that that was horrible and I said happily <laughs> let's not put that in <laughs> Remember, I was I was describing something which will never make it to air, which involved which, which involved a towel. We won't go any further. And I just like looking down Facetime, just you just recoiled in horror, so just visceral, visceral horror. What is that? And then I was like, in my head was like, no, 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 but my mouth kept going. <laughs> no, oh god, the Good Sheila's podcast needed a towel for that. I was like, this it- is not good this is the day after we have re-recorded and it's been very important yeah and everyone like some of you might be thinking oh no we missed out on something like interesting or hilarious you were you, you did you, you should be grateful for the decision you will sleep tonight <laughs> made for you <laughs> and now you know that we are Whoopi Goldberg and the Australia Zoo happy birthday and there are no towels needed <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we right. good Sheila's and this has been a cropped, edited, mismatched and how's your father episode. And we promised it would be good, didn't we? We always do. <laughs> we committed to the best high quality content. All right. We'll be good Sheila's. We love you. Bye.